I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Kevin from Metal Shop, and uh, I'm talking right now with Dennis Makula, vocalist, guitarist for a band called Ghost Bath, one of the founding members. Now, I first off, I have to 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 point out your T-shirt: depressive, suicidal, and what's the bottom part? Black metal. Black metal. Depressive, <laughs> suicidal, black metal. So, if you're curious about what kind of music this guy's into, oh, and it's the yeah, it's the Ghost Bass shirt, right? Yep, yep. I just got him in today, so I I took a shower, I threw it on <laughs> from uh, our merch company because our our album comes out tomorrow. So exactly, I just got a, a big box of shirts in. So, hey, that's the best way to do laundry is just open up a new box and pop it on. Yep. There you go. And hey, man. So uh, again, uh, I we do have to mention the album is out tomorrow. Uh, Self Loather, and by the time you hear this, the album will already be out, so you can check it out. You can order it, you can stream it, um, and you can buy it from Nuclear Blast. You can buy it from the band. They have their own band camp. Um, again, Self Loather is uh, is out now. So Dennis uh, from the band, uh, what's it been like talking with people like me about an album that? we probably haven't even heard yet. Uh, how do you, how do you even go into that? Like uh, you kind of have to like hype it up, but like kind of wait, I guess, for people to weigh in on it. Um, yeah, it depends. I mean, some people I've talked to had like gotten sent the album okay. first. <laughs> and so, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, usually it's just based on, you know, the singles we've put out. It's mm-hmm. kind of what they, uh, they base that on. And, and we tried to put out the songs that, sort of encapsulate like what what the whole album's about the sure. the mood the atmosphere of what you're going to hear on the album so so you guys are a band uh from north dakota originally are you right there right now are you in north dakota no i just bought a house in pittsburgh so i'm in oh, my awesome. my brand new office here um on the east coast um the rest of the members all live in minneapolis still oh, great well, yep. well congratulations on the new place man thank you yeah it's uh 
moving's a lot of work, but I think we're finally kind of settled in here. So <laughs> nice. Right on, man. Well, um, so I, I was curious about um kind of this past 18, 19 months, you know, what were you guys in the process of, of writing or recording before the pandemic or is, was this 100% a pandemic project? Um, <clears throat> so our last tour was at the end of 2019 mm-hmm. and our plan was to, to write a new album. And so we had written convince me to bleed the first single that came out in, I think December, 2019. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of right when, um, COVID started coming up in uh, like China, like we started hearing about it over there. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, obviously it like hit here hard and we were kind of in the middle of writing and, and it just like threw everything (laughs) for a loop. And, um, you know, I lived eight an eight hour drive away from Minneapolis. And so Mm -hmm. it was just a matter of sending files back and forth or driving out there to, to see them. And I would just, you know, I'd go, go to the gas station and just make a straight shot for it. So, you know, I wasn't around the public and Mm -hmm. people and stuff. And then uh, we'd go to our practice space and and work on the album. We just, we just took our time on it because we knew we couldn't tour right away. Um, And so, yeah, we just uh, took our time and, and wrote it basically through the whole pandemic and recorded it through the pandemic. So you're starting, you know, you, you, you had written a couple songs or a song before this, and then the world locks down you're driving out to Minnesota or Minneapolis rather, sorry, uh, Minneapolis uh, specifically. And Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, there's been a lot of things going on in this world, uh, obviously globally with the pandemic. And then, you know, even here in the United States with a lot of uh, political upheaval and, and, and even in Minnesota with the death of George Floyd, Um, what was, uh, how much of, of these kind of things um, factored or even influenced or, you know, impacted the writing of the music or even specifically the lyrics? Was there any impact on it from those kind of things? Um, You know, like thematically or idea wise, I would say no. Um, Mm -hmm. Usually my music comes from, you know, internal uh, thoughts and feelings and emotions. And so things that are going on like externally don't usually play a part. Um, at least for, for my ghost bath project. And, um, you know, I, I, if anything, um, everything you just mentioned just, um, gave us a little bit more time to think about the record, gave us a little bit more time to, um, you know, to, to edit parts, to, uh, go back and forth on stuff because usually, I mean, with the last albums, um, I was the only one who wrote the music on it. And I would do it in, you know, a week or whatever per album. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's super condensed process. So this one was like completely spread out and it, it, it just changed how, how we wrote it, but I don't think it changed what we wrote, if that makes sense. So luckily you'll spare us from the extremely dated songs about COVID-19 or the quarantine yeah. that, that are going to be da- dated in like six months. In a- yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the album could sort of, uh, capture that that feeling though but uh it's Mm -hmm. it's more in 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 a broader sense of you know isolation and stuff like that so maybe people will you know connect with it more for that reason just because you know they've been locked locked up or um more alone than usual and so maybe they'll they'll connect with the with the themes of this album a little bit more than they would have without the pandemic 
So you, um, you know, have, have stated, and, and this is the, the final album in a trilogy that started in 2015. Um, and, and I was curious, um, you know, and this might be kind of an open-ended question, but what does like, what does the end of this trilogy mean to you personally? And what does it represent in, from the band and from the artist's perspective? Um, you know, I would say <clears throat> it's, you know, like closing a chapter, but I guess it's like closing three books, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, um, it's just, I don't know. I, I had planned it since the beginning when I, when I wrote moon lover, I knew what each album kind of was going to be about. Cool. And I was going to, you know, write three albums for sure. And it was just, you know, setting goals for myself and, um, setting sort of a plan. And now that that's done, I think, you know, I'm in a way different place in life and with the band than I was when I first started it. Oh yeah. You know, I'm on a label, I'm touring around and stuff like that. And so I think now it just means, you know, we're kind of open-ended. We can go in any direction we want. We don't have any like pre predetermined ideas for any albums. And so, you know, the next thing we write, I think could go in any direction. And, and so that's kind of exciting. I don't know. All right. Right on, man. Well, do you think uh, you'll ever try to embark on another quest of doing like a, a trilogy or a, a double, you know, album or whatever that that may be? Do you think that's that's something that you're interested in in embarking on again? Or you think you're, you want to approach it on just do like single album ideas? Um, as far as doing another trilogy, I'm I'm writing one. I'm writing a fantasy trilogy. Oh, so there's there that. But as far as music, I think. I, I like doing series of stuff and I've done that a lot in different genres. Um, I've done that in the genre of vaporwave a few times where, wow. you know, you listen to every album and it's, they're all part of the same big thing. But I think for ghost bath now I'm, I'm more interested in, in single albums, cool. at least from now on that might change, but yeah, I think the idea would be more like, you know, a standalone album next. Cool. Right on. Well, um, I'm, I'm curious. So uh, coming up in, in North Dakota, I'm curious, um, is that where you were raised? Yep. Yep. Awesome. I was on a, on a air force base in North Dakota. So kind of a weird mini culture within a different sure. culture. You know what I mean? So were you influenced? Was there, you know, growing up and getting into music, was there a local music scene for you or did you have to look outward for, you know, online or at the record store? Oh, there is a, a pretty good music scene. Um, it was a lot of punk for sure. Mm -hmm. A lot of uh, post hardcore, hardcore bands, uh, Midwest emo bands. Yeah. And I think all those really influenced how I write and stuff. And, um, you know, a lot of the melody and kind of the wall of sound and the noisiness that I yeah. like, uh, either live or, or in the ghost path albums, I think all comes from going to shows back then. And, you know, looking up to, to those kinds of bands. I mean, the whole reason I even use a Telecaster and, and like an orange amp and everything is just, yeah. those were like what were popular in the scene here. Sure. So, you know, I got those ideas and then I, I just brought them over to, to black metal. As far as like big shows, there was, there was nothing around me. So I never saw like any giant bands. Like I wouldn't go see like trivium or whoever, they just wouldn't come through my area. Sure. So it was yeah. more, more smaller acts. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of the biggest band that came through, like maybe fear before the March of flames. Okay. <laughs> and they're they not had, that yeah. big. So they yeah. had a moment though. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, obviously you're influenced by this, this stuff, this hardcore, this, this Midwestern emo, you know, this post hardcore, but then, um, where did the black metal come in? Where, what was your first foray into, you know, this 
classically, I guess you would say like European style of music. Obviously, there's a huge, you know, United States black metal movement. But where, where did this stuff start to kind of seep its way into your life? Um, I mean, I'd always kind of listened to some black metal alongside everything that I named. Yeah. Um, it was never like at the shows or anything like that. So it wasn't live bands. Like I remember Dimmu Borger and uh, Dark Throne. I'd mm-hmm. like had their their albums on my iPod or Zune or whatever I had at the yeah. time. Um, but I'm trying to, I mean, the whole reason I started Ghostbath was because of Agaloc. Um, yeah. I picked up their album Marrow of the Spirit at the, uh, at the record store just on a whim. I like saw the cover art. I was like, oh, yeah. I should check this out <laughs> now when i like popped it in to hear it i was like holy never heard anything like this before and yeah it just like blew my mind and i was like this is awesome because it's like the melody and and like the chords that i really like and chord changes mm-hmm. but it's also like dark which i like basically everything i make ends up dark for some reason and yeah then, and then uh yeah just like the blast beats and it was intense so i was just like oh this is what i want to do now so that that's kind of the the spark of it, and it it must have been right around when that album came out. I can't remember if it was 2012, 2011, something. Sounds like that. about right. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I think that was their last album. Oh, uh, they had one more after that. Oh, okay. So I guess I got into them pretty late, even though I I like all their all their stuff now that I've gone yeah. back and looked. But I think they had one more as like the serpent, the sphere, something like that. Mm. Yeah. My my first introduction into that style of music was this kind of small side project from Alsace called Amiswa. And uh, oh, okay. yeah. yep. I don't know what it was. It was like, uh, this was during like the, the, the media fire download, you know, years where you could just Google any words with media fire. And so I got that album and it just opened me up until this world. And then I just did digging and, you know, and then that leads us to here. So I, I am curious about, um, you know, so some people will, you know, you always have to kind of, you know, micro uh you know genre eyes things so people will use the terms black gaze post black metal things to describe ghost bath um what do you personally feel about like genre descriptors and things like that as an artist as a musician how do you feel about that um i mean it's not something i like argue about or or get mad about or anything like that um for me I think it, it's, it says more about the person listening to it than, than the actual musicians creating it because sure. it depends what experience you have with music beforehand is what you're going to compare it to. Um, for me, calling it Black Gaze is a little weird to me because I've never listened to Shoe Gaze and that's like sure. not really my, my influence at all. So yeah. that's not really what I went for. Um, to me, I think more of my influence comes from, from post-hardcore and uh depressive suicidal black metal which is yeah. kind of the idea of the band you know i heard agalock and then at kind of around the same time i discovered silencer and depressive suicidal black metal and i kind of tried to combine it in my own way obviously um i, I was probably just really bad at trying to sound like agalock because i don't think we do <laughs> but you know i think that's just my voice coming through so it's just my take on agalock and depressive black metal you know yeah. uh so if you if you had to ask me like what subgenre are you i would say you know dsbm but okay. um it's interesting because like you can if i call it that you're going to look at it differently or listen to it differently mm-hmm. than if i was like oh this is post black metal then you're going to listen to it a different way so yeah whatever uh the lens i want you to look at it through is depressive black metal if i had to pick 
I love the idea of like a casual fan of like Pantera and Judas Priest clicking on this interview and being like, I don't know. And then just like having another browser up, just like ready to like Google search all of these terms. So oh, yeah. <laughs> we, sh- we should have a genre key, like uh, just like with like a key to all these different links to like, here's your just, you know what? This might, this interview right now might be the thing that gets people into that stuff and gets people into ghost bath and stuff. So you never know. Um, I- I- I'm curious about, uh, so if you're having a crappy day and you know you need to um you know get yourself back into a good place do you listen to depressive suicidal black metal or do you want to ter- bring it up a little bit or do you just kind of want to wash it over with more you know depressive suicidal black metal um yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird. So a lot of people don't understand, but I definitely dwell and and listen to the saddest, <laughs> most yeah. music I can find, basically. Yeah. Um, or I write it. Like a big, big point of catharsis for me is just picking up a guitar and just playing. Yeah. Um, when I'm when I'm feeling like that. But yeah, um, I'll I'll pop in like depressive black metal yeah some sad vapor wave i I really like transylvanian hunger for some reason when i when i'm feeling like that i don't know what it is about that record um yeah and and either people get it or they don't like i've had people like well why do you like play all this like sad music doesn't make you feel bad i'm like it's the opposite i don't know (laughs) for me anyway and i get a lot of you know messages emails people coming up to me at shows saying like oh this like really helped me through through a tough time or yeah. even today I, I just talked to somebody they're like oh moon lover like it got me through 2015 alive or something i'm like yeah yeah so um there's something about that it i don't know what it is it's like allows you to contemplate on it to kind of work through it maybe i don't know channel that negative energy and stuff into something creating something that might other you know help uh kind of bring people back into that and, and it, instead of acting on that in like a negative or, or like you know really bad way um you know you can create this art that can help other people and maybe it's like therapy for everyone so yeah sure um so so i'm curious about you know your your new album's coming out and uh again uh it's out on new uh out on nuclear blast now and and uh you can check it out self-loather is the name of it and uh as, as a musician, as an artist, how much attention do you pay to reviews and critics and stuff? Do you try to stay away from it or do you just, do you pay close attention to it or kind of in the middle? Oh, that's funny. I have like 20 tabs open right now of all these reviews I just found. Okay. Um, but the point of them was just, I'm just going to like post them just for content or whatever. Sure, just yeah, to, you, you know, promote. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just to promote the band. That's, that's kind of how I see them or just like, marketing type stuff like for sure um yeah i don't know i honestly like i just don't respect a lot of music journalists just from what i've seen in my experience with them and so i don't really take their whatever they have to say too seriously um i'd rather you know somebody at a show talking to me like face to face yeah um or something like that i don't know um you know, I write the music for me. It's like for my, my catharsis, my passion, whatever. I'm not like trying to make the best album in the world that like the most people will like or anything like that. So 
I don't know. I, I know my music's not for everyone. <laughs> and I, yeah. I knew that when I, when I wrote the first EP and like my whole band that I had just quit cause they thought it was the vocals were ridiculous and no one would like it and people would make fun of it. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're polarizing and I like that though. So, you know, if I see a really strong, bad review or a really strong, good review, I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Move on. Right. Bother me. Keep yeah. making your stuff. So I, I personally, I used to write reviews in, 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 I was a journal or, you know, quote unquote music journalist. And um, you know, I would write reviews and I kind of did some thinking on it and contemplating and kind of started to feel uncomfortable. Maybe it's that I'm not that great of a writer, but more so I was just thinking about, you know, I'm not a musician. I've never, you know, I've tried to tinker around with the guitar and stuff, but I've never done a band. I've never toured. I've never put out a record. So I just felt kind of uncomfortable criticizing others art or maybe kind of, you know, reviewing that when I've never done it myself. So that reminds me of this quote I just heard. Um, never take criticism too seriously from someone you wouldn't want to take advice from. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, 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 you know, I, I don't I have no shame on people who do and stuff, but from personally, from my perspective, I just felt like, you know, I'm just going to promote bands that I dig and, you know, um, that's what I, you know, I'm, I'm more of a champion of stuff than, than a critic I'd feel at this point. So I don't know. I mean, I see the appeal cause you, you know, if you find like a reviewer kind of, kind of shares your, what you like, maybe, uh, it'll help, you know, there's so much music out there. It can kind of narrow stuff down for you. You'd be like, Oh, well, you know, this guy like likes this album. So maybe I'll check it out. That kind of thing. But I don't know. I would never, I mean, same with movies, same with books, anything else. Like I would never just take somebody's word on it. (laughs) If I'm interested in it, I'll just check it out myself. So some of my favorite movies are like, known as like terrible movies i was like exactly exactly is it good i guess not do i love it yes <laughs> yeah exactly Absolutely. yeah um okay cool man well uh you know just kind of winding down here do you guys have a plan to you know go out and tour on this record in 2022 as things start to open up uh i hope so <laughs> we don't have anything confirmed and we've been trying it's it's hard you know yeah. uh you never know when things are gonna get shut down canceled mm-hmm. um i don't know i've been seeing lately a lot of bands like they'll book a tour and then they'll be like oh no we'd rather do this and they'll like just cancel it on their own i've for some reason that's been happening a lot lately yeah and then also you know people who already had tours together for this year or last year just pushing it into 2022 mm-hmm. it's like uh can we jump on that it's like no nope, right. they already got the lineup so yeah we're, we're trying we're, we're trying to figure something out it'd be great to tour you know u.s europe wherever mm-hmm. we can get so hopefully I don't know. We'll learn the music. Uh, as far as a fan, just listen to the record, pick up the album again. Self-loathers, the name of the record, the third in a trilogy. So start at 2015 and move up to this one. Uh, my last question for you is a question we like to ask every artist we talk with, pick a scar on your body. Tell us the story and show us if you can, of how you got it. Hmm. A scar on my body. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thinking, do I even have... I think I have like a... It's it's probably very hard to see. There's okay. a there's a tiny scar right here. Yeah. It's the only one I could think of right now. Um or actually, what about does this count? My uh sure, yeah. My my birthmark. Okay. <laughs> it's a pretty big <laughs> yeah. big scar. It's my whole side of my face. Uh it's something called Sturge Weber syndrome and I was it's uh you know, you're born with it basically when you're in the womb, you get a bunch of uh capillaries that are like tightly wound to make your brain and then they're supposed to kind of go away but uh if you have surge Weber syndrome they like don't go away so there's like a bunch of blood capillaries in my face hmm. still and um it kind of just looks like rosacea or whatever that's called yeah sometimes it gets darker sometimes lighter i think like if the blood's in there um hmm. you know most people who have it actually get like seizures or like die wow. or glaucoma or like yeah. uh like neurological disorders because it's oh, all crap. like right right in your face and brain wow. but for some reason i have like none of that i got the only like symptom i got of it was the the giant birthmark on my face so i don't know i think that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> i was they're... uh when i was when i was a kid i had the option to like try to remove it i think it was kind of like a a laser surgery like you would remove a tattoo sure like they're like fired in your face and that sounds brutal yeah. Yeah. They said they're like, oh, it just feels like, you know, someone taking a rubber band and snapping it constantly in your face. I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, my parents are like, so did you want to like try to t- remove it? And I don't remember how old I was. I was probably 12 or something. Yeah. I don't know. But I, but I told them like, no, nah, I, I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's it's- my uh, scar. Or, yeah. <laughs> I like it, man. Right on. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to, to chat and even answer some kind of odd questions like that. Again, Dennis McCullough from the band Ghost Bass. Self-Loather is out now, so pick it up. Do you have any final words for the Northwest and the Seattle audience? Uh, yeah, hope to be out there soon to uh, play for you guys. Check out the album. Uh, play it on Halloween. Yes, I like it. Right on, man. All right. Thanks so much for the interview, Dennis. I'll, I'll take it easy, okay? All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Have a good one, man. Bye. You too. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 